Another one of my favorites is also from Sid Cook, um, his 101-year-old mother. We have her recipe for apple pie with a sharp cheddar crust. Just the acidity in both, especially with cheddar, is amazing. Welcome to The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. I'm your host, Cap Times food editor, Lindsay Christians. From Gouda and Brie to Wisconsin-made Parmesan, this state makes some of the best cheese in the world. Last year, Christine Hansen, a freelance writer based in Milwaukee, spent several months running around to creameries and farms all over the state to find candidates for her delicious-looking new book. The Wisconsin Cheese Cookbook is out this month from Globe Pequot, and ahead of Christine's tasting event this Saturday at Formagination, she swung by the studio to give us a little insight into how she put it together. Give a listen! Welcome, Christine! Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you just really quick introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Christine Hansen, and I'm based in Milwaukee. I'm a full-time freelance writer. I cover many topics, but food is one of them, as well as travel and um, design, basically anything that interests me and I want to learn more about. How did you get the idea for the Wisconsin Cheese Cookbook? Like, how did that come about? So about a year ago, actually January, I remember I was sitting in my office and I got an email through my website. And I opened it, obviously, and it was a publisher in Connecticut. And they were toying around with this idea of having a cookbook centered on Wisconsin cheese. They were modeling it after a cookbook about New England orchards. And they'd seen a few articles I'd written about cheese and was wondering if I'd like to do this project. And I thought, sure, why not, right? And then it finally got the green light at the end of January. Wow. And so we are sitting here. Um, about a year later, and there is a beautiful book in my hands. So that's a really quick turnaround. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the process? Sure. Um, well, I was contracted in January, and I started visiting the creameries. There's 28 in the book. So a little bit of travel around the state. And I'm based in Milwaukee, so basically I'm near none of them. Uh, <laughs> It's true. So I had to do some spring road trips around the state, which was really fun. Uh, Wisconsin is my adopted state. I've lived here a long time, half of my life. Uh, but it was really fun to get into areas that I'd never been to before and to, like, really get into areas I'd never been to before, going off the highways and, you know, the farmland. And so I started <laughs> traveling around the state and visiting with the cheesemakers. And it was early spring. And for some, they were about to have babies, uh, animals born on their farm. So I was there in this really narrow window of time. Yeah. I mean, some of those, I feel like I, I've been to some of these kinds of creameries and dairies. And the, like the GPS is sort of sure where you are, but not really. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it starts to kind of fuzz out a little bit. And you just think, well, I will eventually get to a place where the GPS can find me again. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're really out there on your own. How did you sort of narrow down the uh, creameries and the cheesemakers that were going to appear in the book? Well, my publisher said to me, okay, let's create a list of creameries. And let's only include ones that have won an award. 
And I said, well, that's going to be everybody. <laughs> um, so then we looked at a second layer of interest, which is, you know, what is it about the story of the creamery that's compelling? Is it a young entrepreneurial couple or you know, a woman by herself starting this business? Is it a, uh, a type of creamery that has been around for maybe a century and has gone through many generations of ownership. Uh, what I learned with this book is there are so many creameries in Wisconsin that not only go back 100 years here in the state of Wisconsin, but also back to Switzerland, Italy, and France, where their ancestors were making cheese, and it's literally in their blood as they continue here today. Finding those kinds of stories has to be just a wonderful part of the process for you. It really was. I think we live in a time right now where ancestry is important. I mean, we can, you know, spit in a tube and send it to 23andMe and and get our results. And I've done that as well. So I speak from experience. Um, One of the cheesemakers I met with, Chris Raleigh, uh, Raleigh Cheese House, he and his wife, Christine, they actually went over to Switzerland to see where his, I think it would be his great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, Learn to make cheese. And I just thought that was so interesting. That is really cool and a wonderful connection for him to be able to have. Were there stories that you discovered during the process of this that were especially memorable for you? I learned a lot um, from both the business perspective of running a creamery because I would literally arrive on a weekday and someone would show me around, usually the cheesemaker, a member of the family, and, and I would see what was going on in the aging in the caves and in the vats uh, in the production facility. I was at La Claire Family Creamery and I saw this rabbi running around, like literally darting around. And I asked Katie, the cheesemaker, like, what is he doing here? You know, <laughs> because we're in the middle of nowhere. I don't think there's a temple nearby. I didn't say that. But that's what I was thinking. And she shared with me that for kosher cheeses, a rabbi actually has to come on the premise and bless it. And I, I thought that was so interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So were there specific relationships that you discovered in terms of like, you know, kind of an older guard of cheesemakers bringing up a younger guard? You mentioned Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that she's sort of part of this this new wave of young cheesemakers coming up. She's definitely part of the new wave. And she's also an example of someone in Wisconsin who's won many awards only a few years after learning to make cheese, which is super impressive. And I think not only speaks to the cheesemaker's talent, but also the quality of the milk that we have here in Wisconsin. And going deeper than that, you know, what the cows, sheeps, and goats are eating, because that's in the soil as well, which adds to the flavor of the cheese. A lot of the people are learning from family members, but there's also examples where it's a very non-competitive environment. Uh, Bob Wills of Cedar Grove in Plain, as well as Clock Shadow Creamery in Milwaukee, um, he is largely responsible for a lot of creameries getting started by uh, leasing out his equipment, the use of equipment at, in Milwaukee and also in Plain. Because anytime you're wanting to start a business, you want to test the waters, right, and not invest in a lot of equipment. And then what's the aftermarket of that? How do you anticipate that people are going to be using this book? It's it's, it's a Wisconsin cheese cookbook. Um, so the recipes come from lots of some of the families that you talk to, um, the dairy farmers of Wisconsin. 
Well, when I wrote this book, I really saw it as a national book. And fortunately, my publisher agreed. I didn't think that this would only be purchased by people in Wisconsin. I travel around a lot. Um, I'm privileged to do that as a result of my work as a travel and food writer. And when people hear I'm from Wisconsin, they start talking about cheese or Green Bay Packers or both, the <laughs> foam hat cheese hats, yeah, yeah. as an example. And I realized that I was getting a lot of questions about, okay, so when I come to Wisconsin, you know, where should I have some cheese? Where should I shop? Where should I visit? And in terms of a farmstead, you know, what restaurant should I go to? So I thought about all those people I've talked to over the years as I wrote this. Um, and that's why in this book, it was important for me to highlight different restaurants and chefs here in Madison, Tori Miller, Deja Food Group. Um, and the Edgewater Hotel as well, which has amazing fried cheese curds. So when you were looking around, you, I, I bet there was a lot of like narrowing down that had to happen, right? Of like you can't include every single creamery or every single you know chef and restaurant, but you had to kind of curate a selection for people. Exactly. I mean, I looked at chefs and restaurants that I would feel comfortable recommending as a food writer, and I'm sure you do as well, Lindsay. You always get questions, you know. Where should I, you know, go to dinner Friday night? And sometimes they're really high pressure questions, like, "Oh, it's our twentieth uh, anniversary. Where should we eat?" <laughs> or, "My mom's coming into town. She hasn't been here in twenty years. Where should we go?" Um, so I really thought about places that I would recommend for the ambiance, the chef relationship with the staff, the food, and then cheese on the menu, of course. Of course, for sure. I wonder. I feel like we, I hear a lot about the challenges that face dairy farmers. I know that the Capital Times, we've written recently about, you know, some of the the challenges that, that you know, small-scale family farms and dairy farms have had in the state. And I wonder, as you were traveling last spring, did you get a sense of the health of the industry? Like, where do you sort of see, as someone who is driving around a lot and to these different farms and creameries, like, do you see the future as being you know, growth in this artisan sector? I'm glad you brought that up because there are a lot of news stories right now in our state, you know, the Journal Sentinel as well as the the Cap Times and the State Journal about the really dire situations that dairy farmers are, are in right now. Their suicide rate is very high. They're having to look for other careers and career paths. And what I found in my research in this book is that there's a positive uh, side to the dairy farming industry in Wisconsin right now and that these people are making money by taking the milk, which can't control the price of the milk. It's historically very low right now, but turning it into cheeses that in some cases are 30 40 $45 a pound. I mean, I don't have all the economics of that, but I didn't get a sense when I was visiting with these creameries that they were struggling. They all are kind of gifted with a sense of marketing, like what people want, what works, and really using that to take what's a very basic product, which is milk, right, and turning it into something that chefs can use and people can also use in their kitchens. Not every uh, creamery in the book is small scale and artisan. You have kind of a range, and I hope you can maybe talk a little bit about about that. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, sort of the two qualifiers for why someone is in the book as a cheesemaker is that they have a compelling story and that they've won awards. So it's not just small creamers in that case. Um, 
Belgiosio in Green Bay, which was uh, started in the 70s by an Italian family that are still involved today. That generation is still involved, as well as the children. Um, that's a pretty big producer. Like I've seen their mozzarella in Grand Cayman of all places. Because oh my gosh. <laughs> one of the things I like to do when I travel is go to grocery stores, period, right? Because that's where you find interesting snacks you can't find anywhere else. But I also like to go to the cheese sections and see, you know, what kind of Wisconsin cheeses do you have? So that's one example. Another is Emmy Roth in Monroe, which is, of course, founded by the Swiss. And that, again, hit the two qualifiers to be in the book. You know, they have a cheese that, that won best in the world, which you can't get any better than that. And also founded by the Swiss and a very compelling story over the generations. And they do have some wider distribution. But some of those cheeses, like when the Grand Cru Sur like won the you know the big awards I couldn't find it around for a mm-hmm. while because it was selling out right right and even places that I know I can get great cheese like the Willie Street Co-op or Formagination downtown you know wouldn't necessarily have it all the time because it was so popular for a while well a lot of these cheeses it's it's similar to what we see in the craft beer industry and in that they're seasonal um, Door County Creamery is a great example where one of their cheeses has ramps well ramps is a spring item, right? It grows in the spring. Uh, or Door County cherries, although I suppose you could preserve those. You know, a lot of these are limited uh, availability. Uplands cheese is a great example, only makes two cheeses, and it's based on what the animals are eating a certain time of year, and, th- and that contributes to the flavor. I think one of the things that's really going to catch people's eye about this book are the, just the beautiful photos, mm-hmm. and they're gorgeous. And I wonder if you can um, give us some insight into where those came from. Um, well, the photos, I, I agree. The first time I saw the cover, it was emailed to me, and I was in the middle of busy really busy work day and okay I'll just sign off on this I mean not that I'm jaded just you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's a business item right but I was so struck by the the cover because it shows uh, there's four different pictures there's goats you have to have animals animals are adorable uh, there's also mac and cheese which I think it'd be criminal to not have a picture on the cover and then also <laughs> uh, a picture uh, I believe that's from Emmy Roth of one of their cheeses there's two hands sort of grating it in front of you and you just want to like reach into the, the paper and take it and then there's also a picture of um, Brussels sprouts. Just, it's beautiful. And, and It's beautiful. And you open it up and there's like all these happy cows in yes. it. Yes, <laughs> animal cells, right? But a lot of the pictures um, came from, you know, sort of the, the library archives at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Uh, they were, I think, you know, I'd like to say a true partner in the book and that they provided um, access to the images. And then also, you know, if I had questions about you know, statistics in the state. I get into that a little bit in the book. And then also they helped me in the beginning kind of whittle down the list of uh, creameries to include in the book. A lot of the pictures also um, come from the creameries themselves. They're really beautiful. And Thank you. And so much great color. Um, I, I I noticed some of the some of the cheeses that you that you highlight in here, you, you don't you don't focus on any one style, um, but and there's a there's a wide range. You mentioned um, white jasmine when we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. That was one that you were introduced to, and I wonder if there are uh, cheesemakers or cheeses that you discovered in this process that you are sort of newly in love with. Well, white jasmine is a great example. Um, she's a very small producer here in Madison. Um, she's 
What she's doing is taking her native uh, Pakistani roots. She's been here in Wisconsin many years, but is just so in love with the culture of her her home country, and added those to the cheese, which nobody in Wisconsin has done before, and pretty sure hasn't thought of. I mean, we have pecorino with cracked pepper. We have Door County cherries mentioned earlier and other um, sort of rubbings and additions. But that's a really cool example. And also they're easy to cook with in that way because you're already going to have the spices in there, but they're added in the cheeses as well. Speaking of cooking, are there recipes that you have like added to your repertoire as part of this process? Well, I'm always looking for a new mac and cheese recipe. (laughs) So I recently made uh, Sid Cook of Car Valley. He provided a um, recipe for supreme mac and cheese, which is just how it sounds. Um, I'm part of a book club in Milwaukee where we not only choose a book that is good and has discussion levels, but also has some kind of a culinary focus. So last month we discussed uh, Kindred by Octavia Butler, which is set in the South. So we had a Southern foods, uh, comfort foods menu. So I brought that and it was well received, I think. Um, Another one of my favorites is also from Sid Cook, um, his 101-year-old mother. Um, We have her recipe for apple pie with a sharp cheddar crust. And I think that one of the most underrated flavor pairings is fruit and cheese or apples and cheese. Let's go even narrower than that. Just the acidity in both, especially with cheddar, is amazing. Oh, that sounds so good right now, too. <laughs> I just had on my salad today uh, the pentacreme, the glacier blue cheese that they make at Car Valley, mm-hmm. which I don't even understand. Five cream cheese, like a, like a, like a you know, triple cream, sure. We've heard of triple cream, but it's pentacreme. Yes. <laughs> and I don't understand. I just, I, it's like cheese butter. And I stopped into the Car Valley shop not too long ago when we were up in the Dells for something. And I'm just – I'm struck by the variety that some of these cheesemakers make, like, work in. Well, especially Car Valley. If you go into the shops, uh, every year when I go to APT, I definitely make sure we leave the theater and time to go to the shop before we head back to Milwaukee. Uh, the prices are really good, but also the variety. Um, Sid said to me when I interviewed him, you know, how, I asked, how many awards have you won? And he literally said, I just stopped counting. It's 700-something. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, you know, they make so many types of cheese. I think we're often suspicious of that. But in this case, they're all done really well. I talked to Ken uh, Monteleone from Formagination recently, and he was talking about how he's been able to expand the imported cheeses in his shop because the wonderful artisan Wisconsin cheeses are more available than they used to be mm. in grocery stores and like just your average kind of like Hy-Vee, Metcalf's grocery store cheese counter. I mean, Metcalf's is wonderful, but like, you know, Woodman's even has like aged hooks cheddars. Right, And I can find, you know, usually I can find like a a decent goat cheese or, you know, a really nice Parmesan, um, like Wisconsin made Parmesan. And that's that's been a change, I think, in the past like five to 10 years even. It's definitely been a change. I mean, the positive side of that is that people all over the country can try our cheeses. Uh, So it's not just in Wisconsin. But yeah, I mean, it gives us a little more education into different styles of cheese from around the U.S. as well as. Um, other countries, I mean, because to be honest, when I started researching awards that Wisconsin Creamers have won, I knew that Wisconsin was obviously at the top, but I didn't know how far at the top. I mean, California and Vermont are two other states that 
are pretty far behind. And same with Missouri and Utah. I mean, you'll find you could probably count on two hands the number of cheesemakers that are selling commercially in those states. And not California. It's a little higher. One of the things I've heard from Jeannie Carpenter, who works with, you know, Wisconsin Cheese Originals, is that oftentimes they'll invite, like, Minnesota cheesemakers into the Wisconsin fold because Minnesota doesn't have the kind of support for its cheesemakers as Wisconsin, that Wisconsin does. Right. That's a really good point. Um, I mean, I can't speak to our neighboring states and, like, you know, how are, how they're lobbying in D.C. and, and providing <laughs> marketing support. But Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is a really special group. Um, I was, like, so tickled. I was watching the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, you know, a little upset my team wasn't in it. <laughs> but watching, and there was the ad that Wisconsin Cheese uh, through Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin has. And I just, like, literally had goosebumps. Of course, then I went on Facebook to try to figure out, okay, who else is able to see this ad around the country? And I learned it was a regional um, airing. But the quality of that commercial, I think, really speaks to the quality of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and the voice that they give to these creameries who, frankly, are busy during the day. They're milking cows. They're um, answering emails. They're just all the ins and outs of running a business. Writing a book like this about Wisconsin cheese and and how to use it, really, um, it really positions you as like an expert in this. And I wonder, what do you want to do next with this? Like, to like, is this a launching point for you to like basically spread the gospel of Wisconsin cheese further? As a as a journalist who focuses mostly on articles, the time that I spend on an article is sometimes less than a week. Yeah, and then it goes to bed. That's publishing term, which you know too goes to bed, close the book, whatever. And then I move on to something else. But this has been very different because the lifeline of this is much longer, especially being a cookbook. It's not like I wrote a novel and then when you're done, you put it in your free little library or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to keep, you know, using these recipes, but I'm not sure what's next. I mean, I'm looking forward to returning to some of my commercial pain work. I'm also writing a novel that I've just finished a draft of. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, I may want to go back and add some cheese because it's set in Sonoma. It's a winery family. So I'm thinking that they probably need to eat some more cheese now that I think about it. That seems like a good book for your book club. Absolutely. (laughs) So you're going to be having a reading slash tasting coming up here. Can you give us some details on that? Sure. I'll be at Fromagination on Saturday, March 9th. It's not just going to be me. It will also be Anna Thomas Bates with Landmark Creamery. She's a fellow food writer. Um, So we are going to be there. She'll have samples of the cheese, and I'll be there to ask questions. I kind of think of it as a pretty informal um, discussion. If you're are thinking about, you know, something you want to make for dinner that night or, you know, what kind of cheese goes best with us or that, I'm happy to help. I'll be there. Um, I'm personally excited to go to Imagination. It is definitely a stop every time I'm in Madison. Well, and at 1 o'clock. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. the corner table a podcast about food and drink in madison produced by the capital times our music was composed by patrick christians we get editing help from ct podcast guy eric lawrenson the corner table drops every other week and you can subscribe on itunes stitcher and soundcloud follow us at corner table podcast on facebook and find more food and drink news every day at captimes.com 
Check out recent features on the Wisconsin Soup Company out of Wauwatosa and Madison's nominees for a 2019 James Beard Award. I'm your host, Cap Times Food Editor Lindsay Christians, and my wish for you this week is not cheese-related. It is actually sweet potato pie. Check out the one that Jenny Manns makes at Humble with cardamom. Cheers! Cheers!